I'm, I'm not worried so much about the budget. I'm, I'm worried about the way the pandemic is evolving and the possibility of there being a lockdown. If that is that happens, it means that maybe three quarters of what is proposed in the budget will become redundant because the economy would have been overtaken by events. So, From the Innovation Village, this is episode 26 of my Village podcast, produced through the Next Wave program under the Young Africa Work Strategy in partnership with the MasterCard Foundation. And I'm your host, Pauline Achanawin. Towards the start of every financial year, a new budget is approved by Parliament. This becomes the government's financial statement providing details on planned revenue and expenditure for one year. Within the budget are plans on how the government will raise money and how they will be used. For the 2021-2022 financial year, a 44.7 trillion budget was approved by legislators ahead of its reading on June 10th, 2021. The national budget has always been a contentious issue that draws debate among members of the public. This financial year, Ugandans are especially keen on how allocation of funds and resources will affect them, given that everyone is looking at recovering financially post-COVID. Today, we discuss what the proposed budget means for Ugandans, especially young people in the SMEs and startup sector. With me today is John Walugembe, the Executive Director of Federation of Small and Medium-Sized Enterprises Uganda, and later on, Boris Mugisha Nahabwe, Naika Julius, and Aaron Musoke from the Innovation Village will also share their take on the new proposals within the budget and how they will affect them. John, I am happy to host you again on my Village podcast as the head of uh, Federation of Small and Medium-Sized Enterprises, Uganda, I would like to know your thoughts on the approved budget of the financial year 2021-2022. What should Ugandans expect, especially the youth? Okay, so uh, first of all, the 2021-2022 budget is about 44.7 trillion Ugandan shillings. Of that, about 7.7 trillion is going towards human capital development. And about 6.9, I think, is going towards infrastructure. And then you have about 1.6 trillion that's going towards um, agro-industrialization, to mention but a few. Uh, Now, the difference between this budget and previous budgets is that whereas in the past money was allocated to sectors this time it's being allocated to programs so it means that uh, money is not allocated to a ministry per se but it's allocated to a program and then each individual ministry can appropriate money depending on its role within that program yes so that's that has been the change the other notable change is that government is allocating about 200 billion to what it's called calling the parish model. Now, this parish model is supposed to support uh, agro-industrial. Well, it's supposed to take decision making with regard to <laughs> agro-industrialization back to the parish. 
Okay, so these are the two major things that anyone following this year's budget should look out for. The fact that their focus is very much on programs. Two, the fact that government is now using the parish model as a vehicle through which uh, to address agro-industrialization challenges. Yeah, so uh, so my so therefore because the budget is that way, it means that startups and SMEs can look at the budget as a signal to see where is government investing resources and where can we possibly thrive. Yes, yeah, so it means certain sectors that government is not prioritizing. If you're starting a business within that sector, you're likely to struggle because government is the largest customer in this economy. So as they spend, it determines which sectors will do better than the others. Okay. So what I can say is that SMEs need to position themselves in the various programs uh, to see how where the government is focusing in order to see that they, 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 they can benefit from government resources. Uh, that also brings me to the issue of access to procurement opportunities because uh, SMEs and startups are part of the a broader constituency that we refer to as, you know, as every time we talk about local content, we are trying to speak on behalf of SMEs and startups and to see how much of that budget actually stays with local service providers. And this year government, around March last year, government may rather last year passed the bill on local content that seeks to ensure that a certain percentage of contracts go towards uh, locals. Okay? Government also within that bill will put in place what you call special reservation schemes. So it means that certain work would be reserved for locals, uh, local companies and local service providers and things like that. Okay? Uh, but it means also that local startups and SMEs also need to be compliant yes because you can't take advantage of these opportunities if you're not compliant if you don't have a tax identification number if you're not registered for nssf if you're not paying your tax if you're not registered with ppda so there, there's a lot of work that smes and startups have to undertake if that benefit from these opportunities but clearly in public procurement a number of proposals were tabled by the Minister of Finance under which the government uh, proposes a number of budget measures. It's important to note that our economy took a hit as a result of the pandemic. How is this likely to play out? Well, the number of proposals, in total there are 12 tax proposals. Our idea had been that government at this point should be more focused on supporting SMEs to recover. Because government is in a tight situation financially. And they want to expand domestic resource mobilization. Sadly, they are not succeeding. So they are focusing on depth as opposed to breadth, which, which should be fine. The only challenge is that at this point, because of the pandemic, many businesses are struggling. In our opinion, government should have been more focused on supporting businesses to recover from the negative impacts of the pandemic. Uh, that, the government has also been affected in that it was not able to meet its own revenue targets. But the burden can't be passed on entirely to 
businesses. So we were surprised at the tax proposals at 12. Maybe less would have done the magic, and then more focus should have been put on the government. That wasn't the case. Now, looking at the proposals themselves, there are some proposals that we think are not harmful. For instance, proposals on fish more, tax proposals on, on, on gold. I think those should proceed. Huh? However, we are not keen on the 12% uh, duty on data. Yeah, we feel, especially right now, government talking about digitalization and digitalization anyway is one of the programs. If you impose such a tax on, on, on data, then you're, you're imposing a penalty on those people who are making an effort to digitalize. So in our view, therefore, this is something that ought to have been discussed further so that it's kind of more affordable. That said, we are happy that government removed the over-the-top tax, eh? which we thought was redundant. But we need to discuss more the issue of the percentage. Now that you point out the irony of imposing taxes on data at a time when businesses are encouraged to go digital, with a good number of Ugandans struggling to meet data costs, what else do you think the budget should have addressed, especially for SME sector, a sector that a big percentage of the working population falls under? The budget should be helping to address, helping SMEs to access short-term credit, not long-term credit, what, what UDB is offering. So there's a disconnect between what government is offering through UDB and not only offering, but I mean, I don't even think SMEs are accessing the money anyway, but if we just look at the offer itself, we think UDB is the wrong vehicle to use for this kind of short-term financing because the issue is short-term liquidity and cash flow. So government should be focused on that too. Government should be focused on offering comprehensive tax relief to businesses that have been hurt the most by the pandemic. Yeah? Yes, among others. Government should also spend money and things like that, but to continue paying domestic carriers, making sure that VAT refunds are processed on time, among other measures. We also believe that tax rate should be reduced. Eh? This is one way through which government can increase and bring more people into the tax program. Most young people, especially those in the creative and innovation sector, are of the view that nothing much has been done to cater to the losses they have accrued as a result of the pandemic, and nothing much is being done to support recovery. They expected big changes from the previous budget. No, it's un unfortunately, it's not very responsive. Eh? This budget is pretty much what it was a year before. Eh? A year before COVID, the budget was 45 trillion. A year after COVID, the budget is 44.7 trillion. So there's not much change. Secondly, within the budget itself, there's no comprehensive stimulus package for, for small businesses and startups. So we believe the budget really is business as usual and simply seeks to bridge the gaps that government may be facing as a result of the pandemic in terms of domestic resource mobilization. Lastly, do you have any concerns about the implementation of the budget? No, for me, my student, I'm, I'm not worried so much about the budget. I'm, I'm worried about 
the way the pandemic is evolving and the possibility of there being a lockdown. If that is that happens, it means that maybe three quarters of what is proposed in the budget will become redundant because the economy would have been overtaken by events. So for me, I would want more discussion around that and the budget because the budget is really, a, it's a proposal, it's an idea, okay, which can only happen if conditions are right, but already things are starting to go south. So I think we need to discuss that as opposed to dwelling so much on that budget that may, may be overtaken by events anyway. Thank you, John. Coming up after the break... Uh, So my take on those proposals in the budget for 2021-2022 would be that the government should know better, right? We, We are in the middle of a pandemic, right? So if the taxes that are charged on transport are high, um, that that is going to lead to an increase in the tourism prices. Yeah, if uh, the hotel owners are taxed so much like they currently are, that's going to lead to what high costs of tourism. Yeah. Beyond the degree, you need critical skills no one teaches you in school. Fortunately for you. The Innovation Village Fellowship Program is back. The Innovation Village Fellowship is a partnership program with Mastercard Foundation that prepares fresh graduates to excel in today's dynamic workplace. For six months, we train you on the job with the purpose of helping you to identify and use your strengths to build a meaningful career. We mentor you as you work on real projects that solve Africa's biggest problems. We're looking for fellows with an interest in research, data science, innovation support, content marketing, product development, programs, among others. To apply, visit fellowship.innovationvillage.co.ug. Welcome back. Uganda boasts the youngest population in the world. This means that investment in young people should be a key priority. Human capital development was allocated a significant amount of money in the financial year 2021-2022 budget. With me here are three young entrepreneurs to discuss what the budget means for them and if it reflects their current realities and needs. You're welcome to my village podcast. I'm going to ask each of you to introduce yourselves briefly. Hello, everyone. My name is Boris Mogisha Nahawe. I work at Tuvayo. I'm the chief of operations as well as co-founder. Tuvayo is a marketplace. It's a travel marketplace where users can discover unique experiences and also book uh, beautiful accommodations all over Uganda. We are the number one leading travel marketplace in Uganda and I would urge you all to check out our website, tubayo.com and also download our application that's Tubayo, T-U-B-A-Y-O My name is Naika Julius I'm the CEO at Famnera. Uh, Famnera is an agri-tech company that uh, leverages mobile technology to uh, source 
and provide last mile delivery of uh, genuine quality affordable farm inputs to uh, smallholder farmers across Uganda. We officially established in 2016 and uh, up to now we've been able to serve uh, over 100,000 smaller farmers and also created up to uh, uh, 5,000 indirect jobs across the agriculture value chain. My name is Aaron Mosoke. I'm a senior associate at Upskill. Uh, Upskill is by the Innovation Village. Um, Upskill builds today's most in-demand but also ready-to-work skill sets for the youth. Our focus is mainly young people. How do we help them get into jobs for tomorrow? How do we, um, how do we help them get into um, uh, ready-to-work skills like how do you uh, get young people who have graduated and they learn how to use, uh, you know, different softwares and, and, um, and tools as they get into the world of work. Okay, so Aaron, you are into skills and people development. Boris, the tourism sector, and NICA agriculture. NICA, we do know agriculture is the backbone of our economy. Despite inherent potential, many youth are still not exposed to the agri-business side of the sector. Given that you work with farmers, what would you like to see the government do this financial year, especially for young people? Uh, being an innovator in the agri-tech space, uh, Personally, I would love to see that the government uh, puts down the cost of uh, internet because we have those farmer groups and individual farmers who order for inputs uh, using, their, using our web app. Uh, so it requires internet, and if the internet bundles are high, it gets really uh, very expensive for them, and meaning they can't really use the platforms to be able to order for these things. Uh, also, we would love to, I would love to see that uh, the government puts down the cost of USSD code because 85% of small farmer, 85% uh, of the small farming community uh, uses capability phones which don't require internet. And so, with this channel of the USSD code, they are in position to order for their farm inputs and we get them delivered to them uh, across the country. But if at all the cost of the USSD is high, it means that they are also going to be, uh, if at all the cost of USSD is high, it means that we as uh, agri-tech innovators, particularly Famnera, we won't be able to have it running because it's expensive for us. And so it also gets down to the users, meaning they can't be able to access this platform to order for whatever they need in terms of farm inputs, uh, which we could have gotten to them uh, uh, wherever they are, conveniently. Yes. Per the financial year 2021-2022 national budget, there has been reduced funding for agriculture. What does that mean for you? Well, uh, as an agri-tech entrepreneur, I would really love to see that uh, a bigger portion of the budget is invested in agriculture because agriculture is the backbone of our country. And if especially they can consider innovations in agriculture because they enhance production. And so it means uh, people are going to produce more of these agricultural products and so they can easily be able to feed the growing agro-processing plants. So as 
we can definitely be able to export more of our agricultural products out, both raw and, and value-added agricultural products. However, uh, with this budget of uh, being able to go to, uh, to more of the security and other areas, uh, it, it, it leaves a gap, uh, it leaves a big gap in the agriculture sector whereby people that are heavily employed there and if you notice more youth are now getting into agriculture uh, so it leaves a gap that they cannot be able to be empowered more so also as who are innovating for agriculture if at all the budget is is lean and small it means we can't be able to be empowered to innovate better for our agricultural ecosystem the travel and tourism industry is big all over the world although necessary Uganda took a big hit last year following the ban on travel within and outside the country. Countries are now favorably looking at opening borders, but tourists are still hesitant to visit. Thankfully, although business is still slow, domestic tourism has increasingly picked up with the closure of borders. As a local tour operator, what has been the effect of COVID on you, and what do you hope to see the government do to boost recovery using the national budget? Uh, so firstly, uh, obviously we all know uh, the pandemic and its effects, so we haven't recovered yet, yeah, because it was really a big hit in terms of tourism in general. So one of the things that saved us is because uh, as we are an online pl platform, so as we operate online, so hence most of our costs are reduced compared to the traditional people in tourism, yeah? But the things that we want to see in tourism cut across, that, that is what everyone in tourism wants to see, yeah? So one of the things, firstly, is the many taxes, yeah? So the tax regimes should be revised more because tourism doesn't operate alone, yeah? Tourism operates hand in hand with other industries, yeah, other sectors, uh, say for like transportation, uh, the hotels, uh, even the traders. So if the taxes that are charged on transport are high, um, that that is going to lead to an increase in the tourism prices, yeah. If uh, the hotel owners are taxed so much like they currently are, that's going to lead to what? High costs of tourism, yeah? uh, which is going to affect business because now tourism is going to be uh, costly, hence less people doing tourism. So if, that ta if taxes are revised more and like we're given more incentives to help us reduce on like the taxation, uh, on the tax levies, the tax that are levied, that would really bring down the cost of, to, uh, the cost of travel and increase the number of people who are doing this and uh, help us even earn more from this industry. Yeah. And also, uh, I think with the budget, the portion that is given to tourism should really increase. Yeah, because if this is the biggest, uh, for th this is bringing in the most money. Yeah, this is the industry bringing in the most money. Why is it that it's the one that is getting even the least from the budget? Yeah, when other sectors are funded more. Um, so the uh, to the portion given to tourism should increase because it's increasing. It will lead to things like uh, because we need like maybe a tourism bank, yeah. Like the Uganda Development Bank is already there, but then we would need one that is really targeted to tourism because tourism is a big earner for the country, yeah. Uh, so if we have a tourism bank that that is equals to 
us getting good loans at very good rates to help us like run the businesses and sustain the business yeah then uh, another thing would uh, be uh, the government uh, investing through the budget uh, increasing increasing investment on in terms of uh, solar and green in, uh, incentives yeah that is to promote the sustainability and also help reduce like on the costs of uh, running because these are uh, places that the sectors the things that are involved in tourism are running at a very high costs yeah so if the government part of the budget is allocated to promotion of solar and uh, green incentives that will help cut down on these costs yeah so uh, the biggest impact the budget has is the biggest impact it has is uh, it increases the costs of operations and those costs of operations is what leads to high uh, travel rates yeah so if that is changed i feel like uh, tourism will really improve so the change we want to see is reduction in all those charges that are put on people in the tourism industry and then also more funding because more funding now like as a startup uh, we don't we don't get that money from elsewhere you try to get that money from the business that you're doing or even foreign donors and uh, these different uh, partners that we have but then if part of the budget is allocated to funding of these young startups that are in this tourism industry i believe uh, the tourism industry will really grow our contribution to gdp will also really increase yeah. last year at the height of the pandemic people adopted new ways of doing business technology and data were key for digitization Aaron you run upskill an enterprise and skilling academy for individuals seeking to get skilled and reskilled in today's on demand skills one of the programs run by the innovation village as an enterprise that is vested in pushing for innovation among young people what are your thoughts on the financial year 2021 2022 budget so i have looked at some proposals in terms of the 2021 2022 national budget um i've seen a big chunk or the biggest percentage is going to human capital development which is uh 17% of the budget i have also noticed that for um the innovation technology development and transfer uh they have given that uh, a portion of 0.8% of the budget then we also have digital transformation that has been given 0.3%. Uh so my take on those proposals in the budget for 2021-2022 would be that the government should know better. Right? We we are in the middle of a pandemic, right? Very many things have happened since 2020, we're in 2021. We need to sort of reconfigure to these new realities that are happening right now. You know, uh innovation and technology and this digital transformation needs to be in the top 5. They need to move. We need to, you know, uh uh they need they need to be presented in the budget much better than what we're seeing here with 0.8 and 0.3. um they need to be next to this human capital because i know people are losing jobs the job world and um the work the workforce all, all there's so many changes that are happening and one of the biggest drivers today even in all the other sectors that are in top 5 top 10 uh, in this budget everything is the biggest driver is technology you know 
so we need uh, I, I would want to have seen the government move these two pillars or these two uh, uh, what should I call them these two sectors or technology digital transformation to to, 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 to you know give them a, a bit of more money and give them a lot of uh, critical emphasis yeah Thank you all for sharing your thoughts on the new provisions within the budget and how they will affect you. From the Innovation Village, this is my village podcast produced through the Next Wave program under the Young Africa Work Strategy in partnership with the Mastercard Foundation. And I'm your host, Pauline Achanawing.